Hi everyone, I've just finished the training real estate gym here in Perth and one of the people I had on our panel uh, is David Weir. He was exceptional today and we're going to do this Q&A with this great performer. He's writing approximately 700000 in gross commissions and um, he works in a marketplace that is not a multi-million dollar suburb, so you're going to hear how this guy does it. How are you? I'm good. Hey, um, just give us a background, David. Uh, your average price is what? About four fifty. Four fifty. Okay. Um, your average commissions that you get per property? It's about eleven thousand. Okay, eleven. Um, how many houses do did you sell like last year? Uh, Sixty-four. Sixty-four homes. Okay, um, you work for Peter Peard. That's correct. And you've been working there how long? Ooh, I think been with Peard Group about six years. Six years. Mm. Okay. Um, how long have you been in real estate? Fourteen. Coming up fourteen. Fourteen years. You've got an assistant. I do. Yep. Okay. Guy or girl? Uh, it's a girl. Yeah. Yep. And what does she do? She looks after mostly my administrative side of the business at the moment, Um, a lot of the marketing, organising my flyers to go out, direct mail, um, looking after my vendor reports and uh, also organising a lot of my time, looking after um, building inspections, termite inspections, um, any buyer appointments that I can't actually get to. Right. Okay. Um, Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about... Uh, our audience is real estate salespeople, and they're sitting there and they're thinking to themselves, "This guy's doing all right. He's uh, making uh, three hundred grand or thereabouts for himself, uh, selling real estate." Um, do you work hard? I do. Okay. Um, what does hard look like to you? I mean, hours wise. Uh, start off, kick off. I'm on the uh, iPad checking emails and things uh, about eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Usually get up and then have your breakfast and then kick it in at eight o'clock. Usually finish up my last appointments, um, finishing up usually home by about eight. I try to aim for that. So about a 12-hour day. Okay. Um, and you have one day off a week? One day off a week. Which is? Uh, usually it's on a Saturday, depending on the workload for home opens. Right. So you have, um, which is quite contrary to what happens <coughs> most in real estate, Saturdays is a big day in real estate across Australia, but your marketplace, you work on Sunday but have Saturday off. Yeah, in my market there's a lot of first home buyers and a lot of what we found by surveying them, we found in my particular market, um, a lot of those people worked on the Saturday. Yeah. We find that uh, if the properties are appropriately marketed and, and people are genuinely interested, they'll be there on the Sunday and if they can't, they'll pick the phone up and call us for a private inspection. Right. Um, what's your main source of getting listings? Initially, when I first started out, it was knocking on doors. I was on the street, door to door. Nowadays, I've built up quite a, over time, a lot of uh, reputation in a core area. And so a lot of my business and appraisals now does come off my database. Yeah. I've repeat clients who have bought or sold through me. Or referrals from them. Yeah, and referrals, definitely. There's uh, a good, good percentage of those coming through nowadays, so, um, definitely from referrals. Okay. Um, when did you have to stop cold calling? Um, I still, from time to time, still cold call right. to keep that up. I don't think you can really ever stop that. Right. Uh, I think in the initial days, 80% of my time, all I did was cold call, either door knocking or on the telephone. 
I was on the street. How, how, how long did you do that for? How many years? Oh, I did that for 12 months straight, every single day of the week. David, 12 months you just went out and door knocked? Pretty much. And said what to people? Hi, I'm David. Um, I'm in the area and uh, just doing the PR thing. I was just wondering if you're thinking about selling your home at some point in time in the next 12 months. Right. Okay. Um, and today you're getting people calling you? Absolutely. Right. Is it easier to get business that way? I think if you've got the fortitude to do it, uh, yeah. I think uh, back in those days we didn't have the technology we do today or, or um, uh, the attraction marketing wasn't a concept that we used back then. It was, um, uh, for me, was the old school real estate where you knocked on doors and, or you got on the phone and, um, and that's the only way you got to meet people. No one knew who David Weir was, um, right. even though I grew up in that suburb. And um, after a while, I was finding people going, oh, you're Dave Weir. Right. Okay. So, um, David, a lot of the people uh, may, may not see, I'm not sure how it's coming in the camera, but David um, has got one arm. And today, um, I asked you that question um, during the, the conference, which I, I didn't know whether I should ask it, but now I know that I've got permission to ask it, and yeah. I'm going to ask it again to our 15,000 viewers. Um, one arm in real estate, is it, is it a disability in a business sense? Absolutely not. Right. It was my biggest fear in the beginning. Okay. It was your biggest... Explain to me about that. A man said to me, he said, if you think it's going to be a problem, he said, that'll stop you from succeeding. If you can get your head past it, it will potentially become your biggest asset. And I thought, why? And I asked him why. And he turned around and he said, people won't forget you. You only have to be a little bit better than the competition and you will shine. Because the level of service back then wasn't that great. So what you're saying is, no arm, too young, too old, whatever story people tell themselves, it's a story for themselves. It's not necessarily the story that the market cares about. And um, uh, what you're saying is that you can outwork the competition anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that people out there, uh, you, you often hear it from other people saying they don't care how much you care or how good you are until you, they realise how much you do care. If you come across genuinely, whether you've got one arm or one leg or whether you're six feet, ten inches tall or you're only five foot, you know, it, it makes no difference. Um, Deep down they're looking for a good person, isn't it? They, they, they call for an agent to come over to do a listing presentation and um, whether a, a large person or a small person, a guy, a girl, an, ex, uh, a, a, an older or a young one, a person with an arm or no arm. What they're looking for is a good human being to show up. And I think what you're, you know, more or less articulated, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I get that. And um, you, you do care about people? Absolutely. I've got a big heart, big heart. I've been called a big softy. Right. I'm very um, strong in my negotiations. I'll stand my ground on my fees and my VPA. But as far as when it comes down to it, yeah, I've got a big heart and... Um, pretty sensitive like that and I think people pick that, pick that up if you try and be someone you're not if you try to pretend you're a professional salesman people right. know that they, and and I don't think people like salesmen because there's that old adage of well you're going to catch me 
you know, as soon as you say you're a salesman, they think that you're some sort of a shark because of the the old days of, of the old strategies of tie downs and locking people down and roping them up. I think you. I think like anyone listening to this, I think that's a really important thing. One of the biggest compliments you can get in real estate is when someone says, David was different. He was not like a typical agent. That's one of the biggest compliments. Yes. When they st- st- straight away say, you don't define what I call real estate is. Real estate to me was people that are shifty, that are smart talking, that are fast. And what you're saying is, um, by being um, different, you flip the game inside out by being a, a, a nice person, a caring person. How does that work when you've got a vendor that's overpriced, but they actually need hard love? I think an overpriced vendor is, I feel for myself, um, we set it up in, in the actual listing as far as Everybody just wants a chance of the extra dollars. They want the opportunity of hoping for the extra dollars. So if I think a property's worth 500000 they're sitting there and they've had two other agents in before me and they're saying, oh, look, we think we can get you five I'll sit there and say, look, at the end of the day, I can't tell you you won't get it because there might be a desperate buyer out there. Let's have a chance at it. But if you follow the process, if the buyer's not there, we will need to come back to a realistic place in the market where you will sell your house. And so you... I, I tend to build in that price reduction right. up front. Okay, so what you're saying is you're not a destroyer of dreams at the start. No. But you set it up to say that if we don't get that dream price, we will readjust. But you don't sit there and say you're not going to get that price. No, unless it is you know, blatantly unrealistic. Yeah. Um, I'll tell them, look, it's prob- possibly unlikely you're actually going to get that. At the end of the day, look, I'm happy to have a go at that if you want. I said, just bear, bearing in mind, if the buyers aren't there, the market's not there at that level, you are competing against other properties, so we will need to reposition you competitively so you can get that buyer. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you um, a little bit about um, having your typical week, what it looks like. I mean, do you do certain things on certain days? Is there a pattern to your week? Yes, there's definitely a pattern to the week. Um, we all know we... Uh, having an ideal week is definitely beneficial to uh, what extent in detail um, people have ideal days they have an ideal hour uh, I'm probably not that structured um, although Taryn Hall my assistant she is very good at keeping me in check um, I recognise I need that for, to, for me to be successful my, my general week will be, we'll do the opens on the, on the Sundays, we'll talk to buyers, we might write offers on that day. Mondays are generally a follow-up day. Tuesdays are planning and talking to vendors and saying, well, this is the results from the last two days. And we'll start setting up for the next weekend, should we not get the right result from that weekend, so that the sellers are always informed what's happening. Do they get a, do they get a, a report, um, your vendors? Yeah, every, uh, on the Tuesdays after I've spoken to them, I let them know that we'll be sending them a statistical report of how many inquiries we've had on the internet, uh, how many emails and buyer viewings. Um, so they will get that sent out to them on the Tuesday or Wednesday. That's an email, is it, they get? It generally goes out in an email, and we also post them a hard copy so that they've got a hard copy there. Um, and the benefit of a hard copy, I still feel that it sits there in their house a bit longer. Right. An email, they look and they click off it and it's out of their head, but a piece of paper will sit there. So if they're not getting the right result from the market or the market softens on them, 
at least I'll have the stats sitting there in front of them on the dining table for the next few days so they can mull it over. Got you. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about um, uh, listing presentations. What could you recommend to the viewers that can improve your ability to get um, better conversion rates once you're at the listing? How do you get someone to list with you? What, what drives a person to list with you? For me personally, there's a lot of passion involved. I think a lot of that genuineness, uh, I feel I project very well with people. Um, that in itself will not secure somebody's business. They need to know that you're knowledgeable. They need to know that you have a structured process. That um, They need to feel that they can trust you, not just trust you in an ethical way, but also trust you that you're going to be able to take their property and take it through a process and prepare it for the market and get it on the internet and all these little pieces along that journey, they need to feel that they know that you know what you're doing and because they're going to hand this over to you. You won't get somebody's business, A, if they don't trust you. Yeah. Even if there's another agent down the road and you're saying, oh, well, we do it at 12000 that guy's saying he's doing it, or he'll do it at 6000 And I just sit there and, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the cheapest agent or are you looking for somebody who can turn around and take you down your journey to get you where you want to be? Because often they don't go together. Okay. Um, So you're not the cheapest agent in your area? Definitely not the cheapest agent, no. Right. So you are up against commission cutters? Absolutely. Every day of the week. Okay. And what you're saying is that you articulate it by showing that, what, that you're worth more? Worth more and care more. Um, I generally tell them that I'm not there to buy their business by heavy discounting and offering free VPAs and that and I I try to educate them in the the benefits of investing in in maximising their potential to expose the property in the right areas, Uh, be it the internet or be be it in the Sunday Times and newspaper print, I think is definitely... uh, Buyers come from all different areas of the market and uh, I like to say, well, you don't want to restrict it because I have had somebody, the little old lady, who doesn't use an internet, yeah. and she still goes down the shop and she buys that newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen them walk into the home opens with that paper. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, I want to, you know, move the talk now, if I can, David, to um, 13 years in real estate, um, six years now that it's uh, going with your current brand, what are the best three pieces of advice that you can give to the viewers? These, what about the three things you'd say to yourself on day one in real estate, knowing what you know today? Smarter, wiser, sharper. What are the three things? One, probably four things. The number one thing you need to don't lose sight of is why you get into real estate. Right. For me, getting into real estate was an opportunity to pursue my dreams to become successful within myself as an individual. Right. And that I wasn't dictated by an industry or corporation that was going to have jobs for the next guy because of politics or you're restricted because of this is your academic level. And and I saw real estate as a, as a vehicle to fulfil my desires and stimulate all those things that makes me feel great because I love helping people and serving people and getting a sense of self-worth. And I've got my dreams and I want to be successful. I wanted the nicer home. I wanted the nicer car. I wanted to get a boat. and I wanted to live near the coast one day. And, and I've, I've achieved those things. And um, that is very, very deep in my heart. And you need to hang on to that. Now hang on to it with all your might. Okay, um, so what you're saying is have, have a, have, keep your eyes on the prize. 
and actually have a prize set up mm. in your mind. Have some uh, goals. Have the reason. The reasons why you're doing this is important. How do you how do you get to remind yourself that this is what what it's all about? What do you do? You just reflect on it. How how how, how does one stay motivated during a time when you go through the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in one day? Sometimes in real estate, how do you stay motivated? It's on my computer. It's on my screen saver. Is it the big thirty five foot Bertram boat that I'd always like to get one day? I haven't got the new one one day, but it's a goal. It sits there as and a it's visual in front of me all the time. It's a visual. You need visual reminding, otherwise. Yeah, it's like having goals. Goals are dreams. They're not goals until you write them down. You go and get those and pin them up on a wall and see that every day. That's a, that's a concrete goal, and it's going to be in front of your house, and it will stimulate the subconscious to drive to look for opportunities. You will find opportunities out there, and that's probably one part is doing that. Okay. Second part, definitely having a structured week to have a plan during the week to slot in the big important things to make sure you do those calls. Um, to make sure you do your prospecting generating activities, especially in the early days. Okay, so having structures very important, you're saying, and being organised. And, and what you're saying is what to have in your early days prospecting as non-negotiables. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you don't prospect, you're not going to be talking to people. If you're not talking to people, they don't know who you are. Right. And okay. somebody else will be talking to them. Okay, so we've talked about having a goal a purpose, a passion, reminding yourself while you're in there. We've talked about adding some structure, having a plan to your to your week, yep. to your real estate career. Number three? Train. Train, 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 train. train. Get into scripts and dialogues. Get the CDs. There's, there's a mountain of, of mountain of education out there. And I've heard uh, Zig Ziglar. I, I listened to him religiously day in, day out before I was in real estate just to keep me motivated and keep that positive input and put yourself around the right people and or, or get the right people around you and get get a mentor, get a, get somebody who's going to keep you in check and, and give you that encouragement for those days when you have tough days. And I've, I've got a chap and I ring him up and say, hi, how are you going? Just thought I'd give you a quick call. Just want to have a chat. You know, it's been a crappy day or, you know, someone beat me on that deal or what should I do here? So we all, everyone needs somebody. Yeah, to turn to. I think I think uh, David, you sum it up. I think most people. I know myself, and I know most people around me work better when they have support. And a support, like a lot of people, turn around and say, "What is support? What's a coach?" Well, to me, a coach in many ways is it's no different to the uncle that used to give you good advice when you were younger. It's no different to uh, a mentor that you had that you may have been growing up through through sport. It's someone that is. Is, is, is got your back, someone mm. that is in your corner um, when you need them, right? So, and training, so, if, you know, and today there's a plethora, isn't it? All you've got to do is Google, you, YouTube's free, so mm. no excuse, I can't afford it, because no. nearly everything's for nothing. Um, training, what else? Um, so we talked about training. Dialogue. Scripts, dialogue. But your passion, goals, organisation, organisation, training, dialogues, and just be be real, be real with people, and get out there and do do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, it's easy to fluff around in real estate. It's very easy to look busy in an office. It's very easy to get caught up in technology and and looking for the perfect fly and reinventing that. And having, I find a lot of people looking for the key phrase that that. that the golden phrase that's going to be on that flyer that someone picks up and goes, ooh, I've definitely got to ring that person. 
Oh, the golden key. The golden keys are talking to people. Yeah. The golden key is repetition. I had a great, great mentor, a chap by the name Mel Beveridge, and he was uh, came out of a very structured training system in real estate. And I had a great mentor, and he said, "Next," he said, "Keep just keep going, David." He said, "In every hundred people that you speak to, there's probably going to be somebody there that's definitely going to be listing the house." Yeah. And, and I hit two hundred and thirty something people, and I remember saying to Mel, "Mel, this doesn't work." Yeah. Well, 230 people, nobody wants to sell a house. Yeah, well, I've got to tell you, uh, there's a great line, David. Um, you want to succeed, fail faster, which means the faster you're failing, the closer you're becoming to succeed. Because if you know that, it's mm. going to be um, 47 points of contact with a potential person before you get a listing, you know that the more you're getting to that, 47, the yeah. faster you're going to succeed, you know? Yeah. Um, look, I've got to tell you, I've really enjoyed uh, um, today's uh, Q&A and more importantly, this video blog that people are watching. Um, here's a guy that has chosen not to choose to view a problem as a problem and he has turned around with, uh, many people would turn around and say, oh, well, you know, I'm not suited to real estate, um, I, I haven't gotten an arm, or many people have got, people's, everyone's got a story. Mm. I'm too young, I'm too old, um, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good looking enough, I don't have contacts. Everyone has a story, the way you view the problem is the problem, and I think mm. it's a credit to you what you've done with your real estate life. It's been an absolute pleasure having you mm. on uh, our blog. And thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much.